The present is theirs. The future, for which I really worked for, is mine. Nikola Tesla. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, write a review, leave us five stars, we'd really, really appreciate it. It helps us move up the charts and get to more people like you. So, John John. I, uh, I'm wondering. Yes. You quoted Tesla. And I'm guessing that the title of this might have something to do with Tesla. Am I correct in that? Yeah, so Mm. today we are covering my favorite inventor, arguably one of the world's greatest, though he had many issues, was kind of sexist, and suffered from mental illness most of his life. He died not really well off, uh, and his death is surrounded in somewhat of a mystery. He had predicted, and some may even argue, future technology way before its time, And this person is, obviously, Nikola Tesla. Yay. Yay. So, fair warning to all the listeners, I will be nerding out. I apologize, but this is really what got my interest in STEM going in my 8th grade science class, covering, like, the Teslas, uh, the Tesla coil, all this stuff. So, fair warning. I mean, he is basically the nerd's nerd. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, and obviously there's way too much to cover in Tesla in about a 40 minute to an hour and a half podcast, so this is going to turn into a multi-part mini-series. Yay! Yay. So we may take a break and uh, come back to this after a few episodes and kind of cover his more weird stuff at later times, but this episode in particular is going to cover his early known life. Next episode, we'll cover the Edison feud, and then we'll kind of cover his inventions and somewhat conspiratorial theories, at least the popular ones, before we move on to other stuff, and we will come back and definitely visit other inventions and everything along the way. Excellent. Origin story, then main conflict, and then the crazy stuff. Yeah. I really wanted to learn as much about Tesla as possible, so I read his journals, that are available and watched a couple documentaries. I try to get as much as I could from first and second sources, um, as well as credible sources and obviously scholarly sources too. So I kind of just put together a rough timeline and we're going to kind of go from there. So, so let us begin. Let us just hop right into it and dig into it. Yay. Yay. So one of the main arguments, I'm going to kind of jump around here in the beginning just talking about Tesla, is that he didn't patent enough of his work or write things down, which to some extent is true, but he did hold a lot of patents. So let's talk about them. According to the U.S. Patent Work Records, Tesla had around 112 registered U.S. patents for his work. 
It is known that Tesla filed a number of patents in other countries, but some of those records are harder to definitely quantify with certainty in today's period. But it's believed that he held somewhere in the order of 196 patents for his tech across 26 countries worldwide. Of the non-U.S. patents, the largest number appears to have been filed in Great Britain with 30 pat- patents granted. Tesla also held about 10 patents in France, 27 in Belgium, 21 in Germany, and 19 in Italy, with 15 in Austria. It also appears uh, that he had filed a handful of patents in a number of other countries, including Spain, Belgium, Brazil, and Italy. Brazil's a bit of an outlier to me there. Yes, but he had a reason to file them, which we will get in the second episode of this. Hmm. Interessante. Okay. Yeah. So, the Tesla Foundation has estimated that Tesla had a total of over 300 patents across five continents. However, this kind of has to be in mind that many of these patents were for the same inventions rather than unique developments. So that's why that number is about twice that of the actual registered patents. So that the patents were legal in more than just one country. Yes. Okay. So according to analysis of his patents, his most protected invention was his pump and turbine, which has approximately 1,061,142 patents. For these, he was granted 23 patents in 22 countries. So I am going to, after I get through the numbers here, I'm going to talk about what patents are and how they get broken down a lot of the time. I'm not a patent expert by any means, but this is kind of my understanding of them being an engineer. Yeah, I'm a bit confused myself. But before we get to that, I just have like one or two more sentences just with his patents and then we'll get to that. So, of all his patents, 54 were granted in the United States. In 1889, it appears to have been his most most prolific year, with a total of 39 patents filed relating to his polyphase system. Tesla also either did not file a patent protection for a number of other inventions he came up with throughout his career, a prime example being the application of high-frequency current for medical purposes. So, we'll get to that here in a little bit. So... Again, patents are like an engineering drawing that could be either be very detailed or very vague. You can have multiple patents on like a certain invention. For example, you could patent your general design like of a vacuum cleaner. So like Dyson has a patent on the ball, so other people can't use that ball. But let's say Shark could have a patent on their motor for their vacuum. So like you can't get the same amount of suction or the same frequency like, that's just kind of an example. Um, but you can have also general use patents that, like, are aged out. So, like, after a certain amount of time, you can start using this invention for free, like, if they don't renew their patents, that sort of thing. Like, public domain stuff where you don't have to pay royalties or anything to something because it's either so old or, like, for public use? Exactly. Like, patents are timed, and you do have to renew patents or file a patent on your invention that's different if you want sole ownership of that invention. Mm, Okay. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Hey guys, so I'm here to talk to you about ravenyx.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-Y-X.com. So I got their crop top flowy top and I absolutely love it. It's black, it's a cute crop top, it goes well with jeans, skirts, you name it. They have so much more to offer too, like boots, purses, shoes, tops and skirts. I posted my crop top picture to Instagram. It's also on Facebook if you want to see. But if you guys want to head over there and use the code VILEVICE, that's capital V, I-L-E, capital V, I-C-E, to get 40% off, you can get yours today too. Now, back to the show. So, kind of where Tesla ran into this as an issue is he was pretty vague throughout his inventions. He did most of his detailed work in his mind. He had an idiotic memory. So, he didn't have a need to write stuff down unless other people were making stuff for him. So that's kind of where that main argument comes in. That's not like a photographic memory, is it? That That is. Like, I mean, no one has a true photographic memory, but it was pretty close. There's... Okay. I'm not going to get into this because there's not a whole lot on it, but it was thought that also Tesla was like a high functioning like autistic person so like he was very detailed oriented and focused so like if you think of the movie accountant that's kind of the idea that I got off of him but he Mm. was a bit more social because he also had to be like a salesperson to get sponsors Uh, so there's not like a lot of there's about as much counter evidence as there is evidence of him being an autist like like a person with autism like, if he was, it would be, like, high-functioning? Yeah. Okay. Like, he could mask and, like, do all this stuff very well. I just briefly read a few articles, but there's mm-hmm. just as many articles saying he wasn't, that he wasn't, so. Okay. I don't really know. I'll let our listeners figure that out on themselves if they are very curious, but. I believe in you. Yeah. So, now let's just get into, like, his top ten inventions really quick, just to give our listeners kind of an idea of what he all did. Oh, we got a top 10 list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, secret love of just top 10 lists. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited now. Really excited. Okay. So the first one, which they have multiple of at the Lightning uh, at NHL Stadium, is the Tesla coil. So chances are that you guys have already seen this invention at some point um basically what it is it's a transformer used to produce high voltage low current high frequency alternating current or ac electricity uh to observers it appears as if lightning is being shot into the air from this coil a tesla coil consists of a primary coil and a secondary coil each of its own capacitor to store electrical energy these two coils and capacitors are connected by a spark gap so basically where electricity jumps from one end to another and a high voltage source power system i know that's a lot so like just think of like two wires one on the inside one on the outside that's kind of how this is working there will be pictures on the blog of each of these now, I'm probably not the only one who's thought about this. What exactly are they used for? So, we will get to that on the second episode, I'm pretty sure, if not the third. Um, okay. Basically, it's it's a form of transferring electricity to power stuff. So, have you guys seen the... 
Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. I haven't seen it. But maybe our viewers have. But go on. I'm going to say, John, John, you should watch that before next. We record the next episode. It is needed. Where do I watch that on? Uh, I will find it. Give me one minute. So... The Tesla coil is kind of used for a lot of things in Tesla's inventions, and we'll kind of get to it. So basically what happens is the primary coil's capacitor eventually builds up so much charge that it breaks down the air resistance and the spark gap. Then the current flows out of the capacitor down the primary coil and creates a magnetic field. So this field then collapses quickly and generates an electric electric current in the secondary coil the voltage zipping through the air between the two coils creates sparks in the gap end and eventually the charge in the secondary capacitor becomes so high that it breaks free and in a spectacular burst of electric current so like this is basically the lightning bolts coming out from it to a source that is insane because this is like right before the like major industrial revolution And he's already using electromagnetism and stuff. Yeah, so electromagnetism is basically his thing. Um, But we'll kind of get to it. So bear with me. I know this is a little bit dry, but to kind of understand his inventions and what he can all do with these, these are kind of like the important ones. Uh, The second one is the magnifying transmitter. A wireless power system in the Tesla coil was basically the main part of a lot of other Tesla inventions. By running a wire connected to the resonator around his lab, he permitted his lab with electromagnetic energy and was able to light a fluorescent bulb held in his own hand because the voltage drop through the air was great enough to cause a sufficient current flow. So basically, he could literally hold that light bulb in the air with this going on and it would light up because the electro current through the air and through his body was enough to give this bulb light. He was making things magic. Yeah, I, I, I mean, people definitely thought it was magic at the time. Uh-huh. So you're saying if I just had a Tesla coil in my home, I could leave everything unplugged. It would be constantly charging and working. Not necessarily. I am going to believe that. That by now, if we did it. You you would need the magnifying transmitter with the Tesla coil attached for that to happen. But anyways, using this magnifying transmitter, he was also reportedly able to light a field of light bulbs at a distance of one kilometer. So this is the part in the prestige that happens in his town in Colorado where he was working. He had uh, basically a field of light bulbs out in the snow that he was able to light up at a time using this. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, this was also oh. tested by several groups. Uh, like, I, I don't think it was Mythbusters, but someone who had a TV channel also tested this today, and it still works just fine. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh. And if I can find the video, there will be a link on the blog. Yes. Okay. All right. So the next one is the Tesla Turbine. Tesla saw the rise of the piston engine because, you know, this was the start of the Industrial Revolution and the automobile industry as a way to make a change in the world. He developed his own turbine-style engine that used a combustion to make disc 
rotate. The fuel efficiency of his engine was as high as 90%, a big achievement considering this is similar to the efficiency of some modern turbines. I like it. Okay. Yeah. So the next one, which he didn't have a patent for, but there was uh, documents showing that he did it before it was actually patented. And Rottigan had been credited credited with developing the first x-ray films called Shattergraphs, there's clear evidence that Tesla also worked on this area. The problem, again, is that Tesla lost a lot of his work because of a fire in the lab, which we'll get to with the Edison conflict. But Tesla did produce the first x-ray images in the United States when he attempted to use a vacuum tube to obtain an image of Mark Twain, his best friend. However, instead of Twain, the resulting image showed a screw for adjusting the camera lens. He did later obtain shadowgraph images of the human body, but this again was around the time that Radigan published his discovery on November 8th, 1895. Tesla also described some clinical benefits of using x-rays. So... Even though that Radigan kind of patented and got there first, I guess, officially, Tesla mm. was able to bring it to the medical field. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we don't use it in the medical field every day or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's influential in a lot of places. But yeah, his best friend, BFF, oh. was Mark Twain, and it was hilarious. I had no idea. yeah. That is awesome. They did do a lot of stuff. I don't know how much I'll cover in the later episodes on it, but he has brought up quite a lot in his journals. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Yeah. Do you like supporting small businesses that support others? We sure do. Foodforshirts.com. That's F-O-O-D, the number four, S-H-I-R-T-S.com is a small business in Denver that has punny food-related or custom t-shirts that use a water-based ink that is made by suspending a 100% biodegradable pigment into a water base. It is made of 100% naturally occurring substances and they proudly donate 10% of all profits to various non-profits with missions of fighting food insecurity. You can use the code Violin Vice Podcast, that's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, there's no spaces in that, for 30% off your order, and you'll be helping nonprofits in the process. Now, back to the show. So, like I said before, Tesla's lab did burn down, but before it did, Tesla had discovered that he could use his coils to transmit and receive powerful radio signal- signals turning them into resonant at the same frequency. By early 1895, he was ready to transmit a signal 50 miles from his lab to West Point, New York, but the fire in Tesla's lab destroyed his work. While he was rebuilding, a young Italian experimenter named Guglielmo Marconi, who was working in England, took out the first wireless telegraph patent. So, again, um... Somebody got it patented before he could... But he, he probably made it first. Yeah, there was experiments showing that he did have it before the fire. Oh, man. Such a ripoff. But when Mark Coney later did set up long-distance demonstrations, he used the Tesla oscillator instead of his own to transmit the signals across the English Channel. So, in a way, like, Tesla's patent on his transmitter was still credited for the radio. Essentially, he made it himself, but Tesla's was better, so he used that. 
Yeah. And if you guys didn't know, this is literally the radio. Radio waves were what I was talking about. Yeah, because that didn't really take off until after World War One. Yeah, so they invented radio, which is oh, cool. Crazy. So the next one is the neon lamp. And Tesla did not necessarily invent fluorescent or neon lights, but he did contribute to improving both inventions. He took the lights and created the first neon sign at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, he demonstrated neon light signs and how they can make up unique designs and even form words. So thanks to Tesla, you can identify your sign at your favorite bar and yeah. have a bar effect. If you want Bars to would not be the same without Tesla. And I had no idea. Yeah. So from my understanding of this invention, like the neon effect of the light bulb was already discover he just took that light bulb and said you can make it constant like across and like do designs with them that's my understanding i could be very wrong just because this was already invented like instead of just a straight tube you could mold the glass in a way that it makes it work yeah and still have the same amount of light throughout amazing so one of his bigger projects was the Niagara Falls Transformer House. So think of a hydroelectric dam, basically. Uh, when it came to deciding what company would build the power generator at Niagara Falls, Thomas Edison was the first choice. After reviewing, though, Tesla's work for Westinghouse Electric, though, the Niagara Falls Commission went with Tesla's alternating current power, again, AC power. Despite doubts, Tesla's system worked well and became the standard for hydroelectric power. Yay. So think of his generator that goes into a hydroelectric dam. The water pushes the generator. You generate electricity. That kind of whole mm-hmm. shebang is how hydroelectric dams work. Amazing. Yeah. But that was, we're probably going to hear more about that in the next episode. Yes, we will. Okay. But, again, I kind of wanted to do teasers of where we were going with this because I feel like I want to grab our listeners in and get them excited for it, and then mm. we'll learn all about Tesla. So well, consider me teased. Nice. So, mm. number eight is the induction motor. It's the first AC communicator free three-phase induction motor that was invented... Oh by both Tesla and Galileo Ferrer. So this was a co-invention with Galileo Ferreris. Oh my gosh, I cannot say Ferreris today. But although Ferreris presented his engine first in 1885, it was Tesla who filed for a patent first. So this was another thing where people were inventing the same thing at the same time. It was kind of a patent war. There is uh, huge thing on the industrial revolution about patent wars and everything. And you'll get into a bit of Tesla and Edison with that. But Tesla did like do a bunch as other inventors at the time. So since they mm-hmm. both kind of did it first, they are both credited for the induction motor. Okay. Now, I don't think like it was completely independent. It's like the concepts were probably like, I think that's what the sponsors were for, wasn't it? Because they wanted something that was like this, so a lot of people started getting the same idea with it. Yeah, that, that's kind of what happened. Okay. So, just to kind of let you know what the induction motor is used in for today, it's commonly used in vacuums, blow dryers, power tools, that sort of thing. 
Maybe even electric cars? Maybe. But speaking about electric cars, Uh he invented the radio-controlled boat, so an electric boat. I actually know the story about this one. Nice. Do you want to tell it? Well, brief synopsis, I'm sure you'll have more details. Essentially, he used radio signals to control the boat that was just like a little RC boat. And he essentially told these onlookers that were like there for the showing that if they just yell the directions, the boat will start going in them. But really, he just had to control like behind his back the whole time. And everybody thought it was just a voice activated boat. And that was magic until he brought it back and told him. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't know that story part of that. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was like the biggest goof that I know from Tesla, where it's just like, these people don't know what's going on anyway. I'll just let them think it's magic and then say, no, I actually am controlling this. But yeah, it's sort of just like, it could have been. People were believing it, and if they left early, they will think it is magic. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Tesla's inventions people did think were magic, and they were kind of actually afraid of that. And we'll get to it in the second episode, but Edison used that to his advantage. But Heck yeah. Um, so kind of going on from John Jones' story, after being denied a patent because the patent office didn't think this was even feasible, he proved them wrong by demonstrating the boat at the electrical exhibition in 1898 so that's probably where the story happened not even last century there were rc boats guys that's amazing i love this guy yeah and then this one we did talk about in all the other inventions but it's arguably his best invention and the most widely used and worldly used today and that is the alternating current so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the one we use every day now instead of Edison's where it could have possibly caused things to explode, right? Uh, well, we use both of them every day, but we'll get to why this one's slightly better. I think, okay. Hmm. So, we'll have a guest on next week to kind of talk about the difference between AC and DC current, but... I love that band. Ha, uh, ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there is a funny story about that, and we will get to that, and that will be my punny joke for next week. But yay! Yeah, no, no, there, there is a reason that they named themselves ACDC and have lightning marks in their logo. Awesome. But anyways, kind of getting back to it. Uh, like I said, alternating currents kind of considered Tesla's crowning achievement. Well, not the inventor of AC power necessarily. He did. He was the one that made it widespread. AC power allows for electricity to be sent over long distances much more efficiently. So when Westinghouse bought Tesla's AC patents and used them to bid on the light lighting of the Chicago World's Fair, it was the obvious choice. And they were able to provide power for around $150,000, which is less than it would have cost using direct current. And I believe that was a third of the cost. And again, we'll get to it when we do that episode. Along with a very tragic elephant story. Oh, I wish you didn't bring that up. I know I'm going to have to cover that, but I hate Mm -hmm. Edison. 
for that mm-hmm. and for everything you did to all the other animals. Again, we'll get to it. There's so just... there is a very pleasant Bob's Burgers episode based around that, which is amazing. Oh, geez. Very, very lovely music. I, I, would, I would recommend it. I have to see that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so much homework. But... Again, um, I want it to be as accurate and scientific as possible. So, again, I apologize if this is a little bit drier than normal. But I did take a bunch of notes from Tesla's journals as well as a couple other sources, which will be on the blog. Um, So the journals that I'm talking about are from the Nikola Tesla collection. This includes My Inventions, The True Wireless, Talking with the Planets, the problem of increasing human energy on light and other high-frequency phenomena. So it's just a collection of four books, all in one found book and everything, and it's written by Tesla. Uh, after this, I might need to talk to you about one particular thing I heard recently. All right. I, we can, on the conspiracy theory ones, we can speculate wildly, but... Mm-hmm. This one I, I kind of want to be a little bit more scientific mm-hmm. about. So No, no. We'll save it for that one, but yeah, I want to talk to you about it after we get done recording this one. Yeah, absolutely. I believe in it. <laughs> okay. So I do want to say Tesla does skip around in his journals a lot about his life, so I'm kind of pulling pieces together, and I have a couple other cooperating t- timelines to go about, so this will be kind of like how I do my sources and kind of write the story for this. And again, I did take the majority of my notes from his journals, them being a first source. So Nikola Tesla was born in 1856 in Simlajan, Croatia, then part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Tesla was the fourth of five children. He had three sisters, Milka, Angelina, and Marika, and an older brother named Danielle. His father was a priest in the Serbian Orthodox Church, and his mother managed the family's farm. Nikola Tesla loved reading, though his father didn't want to expose him to certain ideas and forbade it. So kind of thinking reading at the time was like watching video games or playing violent, uh, or sorry, playing video games and watching TV of today, where like parents are like, oh, I don't want you to see that. Or like if you're thinking of... The uh, parents' organizations in school that forbade you to read certain books like Harry Potter or whatnot. Mm, Tesla's father was, was basically this. Ah, uh, okay. I, I think we consider ourselves lucky to not have been part of that. I would have read them anyway. Um, mm, yeah. I don't know if I would have. I was a good boy growing up. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, Mr. Stays at home, no trouble, except for that one time. Except for that one time, <laughs> which, of course, is what I was thinking of. <laughs> just the once. It was just the once. You know, one of us got grounded in high school and then one of us did not. <laughs> oh, go ahead and brag. We knew that mom and dad were just tired after us. I know. I, and plus, I was a goody two-shoes, mm-hmm. which is why uh, Gabby was so upset uh, yeah. with certain things that mom and dad allowed me to do and not her. But Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to it. Um, so it, his father wanted Tesla to go into the ministry and follow in his footsteps. Tesla did not want to do that so much. 
So Tesla stole candles and matchsticks and read whenever he could, even if it was by the light of a hallway when his door was closed. So again, think in terms of like Catholics, if you didn't want, uh, if like being raised in Catholic school and everything, if certain people didn't want you to know about uh, evolution growing up or parents like not wanting some books in school, this is kind of the same idea that his dad was forcing upon Tesla. So Tesla just wanted to read everything he could touch. Mm, That makes sense. Yep. And he was a quiet boy and lived in his gifted brother Daniel's shadow up until 1863. Tesla's brother Daniel was killed in a riding accident uh, by their family horse and Tesla witnessed. Nikola Tesla witnessed. I should say Nikola because this is all his family are Teslas. But... He was really traumatized by it because this horse had saved his father's life previously. However, you know, now killed his brother and Nicola was very conflicted about it. The shock of the loss unsettled the seven-year-old Tesla who reportedly started seeing visions. So this is kind of the start of his mental illness that he had throughout his life. Ooh, wait, how old was he when this started? Seven years old. Ooh, I guess early starting for everything yeah Hmm. so he described these visions as almost tangible scenes that would play out in front of him he would try to see other things and he would play like memories from what he described as a reel of scenes and he would do this until they ran out and then the horrible scenes would return When he was older, he would use this to mentally build inventions, work on them, troubleshoot them until they were perfect, then actually build them. He rarely wrote this process down of how he built them, which would kind of come back to haunt him later with the patents. So kind of think of this and like his visions, like the process, like how Tony Stark uses Jarvis building the Mark I Iron Man suit in the Iron Man movie. Uh, Wait. He was working on a Jarvis? Uh, he wasn't working on a Jarvis. As he would work on inventions, he would, like, picture them mentally, have the parts come together. Oh, like the, like the hologram stuff. Yeah. Was like, but only mentally. Okay. Yeah. So, like, okay. ima- like, just basically imagine that scene with Tony Stark and Jarvis, like, building the suit holographically, but that was in his mind. Mm. If that makes sense. I think so. That there was, are some people that can like can see sounds and stuff like that. I think it might be along those lines of how he mentally viewed these things. Yeah, like I, I mean, you could see the parts come together before he actually did it, and like if something was wrong with the first time, he could like take it apart and then redo it, and mm-hmm. you, it would usually work on his first time building it. Well, that's that, that's a heck of a record. Yeah. So he describes that during this time, he acquired strange likes and dislikes, such as he hated women's earrings and pearls, but liked women's bracelets. He liked the glitter of crystals, sharp objects, and flat surfaces, though he hated touching hair, and this was kind of the start of his germophobia. He had OCD where all repeatable actions had to be divisible by three, and if he missed like an action or miscounted he felt he had to do it all over again even if it took hours he counted his steps and he constantly tried to figure out volume like cubic volume of objects so like how much water could fill in this bowl or stuff like that he talked about uh 
how he briefly got into gambling at this point because he liked counting and then counting cards. And he got out of it due to his mother and then read, like, self-control books and how to free oneself. And mm. because of this, he gave up smoking and caffeine because they were addictive and effective infected his health. He just really liked control. Ah, okay. So, again, that, that kind of skipped around from his early childhood to later because he didn't start doing cards and, like, quitting caffeine and smoking until his college point. But he mm. says that this time around seven years old was the start of all this. Mm. So, essentially, realizing he was good at counting cards... Decided to try to make money off of it first because child brain. Yeah. And realized he was really good at it, but also like essentially high risk, high reward type situation as you typically do with those teenage years. But with Tesla, it was like extreme. Yeah. Mm. But he had, he wanted to quit smoking after like he was in his early 20s. How long had he been smoking? Since seven? No, no. He didn't start smoking until later, but he just talked about, like, his wanting for control started when he was, like, at seven. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, it's at this point, too, he goes into all of his uh, talents and experiences from his childhood. I don't want to say anything because it's his journals and everything but like some of what he tells sounds or seems exaggerated so I'm going to just leave it up to our listeners to go read about some of these experiences just because of the age he gave when some of these events occurred he was really really young and I don't think he could have done those things at that age but again I'll let you decide if you read the book maybe like ambitious dreams or lies to himself something like that Mm, again um just kind of going back the book is called the journals of nikola tesla collection mind inventions the true rs talking with the planets the problem of increasing human energy on light and other high frequency phenomena so those are the books if you want to go read his childhood experiences Tesla then tells us about three of his near-death experiences, two which were from sickness and one from almost drowning in a river. He describes his literal experience and how he discovered the no-slip condition, but history says Ludwig Prantl did, or at least wrote it down first. So what happened is he went swimming in his river that he lived by like normal, and this river has been known to overflow and that day it began to rise rapidly. It carried him downstream quite fast towards the falls. The river had walls from, I believe, a dam on the side. But the time Tesla made it to the side before the falls, the current was very, very strong, and he was really, really tired swimming against it. He discovered if he turned his body and hung on the wall, so he was hugging the wall, the current was way less strenuous on his body. He hung on until the river rose to the edge of the wall and he hoisted himself to safety. The other two were, again, due to sickness. When he was older in 1873, he had contracted cholera for about nine months and was pretty much on his deathbed. When his father asked if he could do anything to help, Tesla said if he could attend college for engineering, he might be able to will himself better. 
In that moment, his father then promised him he would attend the best college, and Tesla, like Lazarus, got better and basically rose from the dead. His father, even though he could scarcely afford it, did keep his promise. So, yeah. Mm. That probably... I don't know. I'm picturing an 18-year-old saying, I am dying. Maybe if I can get into a nice college, I could probably get better. Well, cholera <laughs> at the time was known like to be deadly and yeah. everything. And it w- he was sick for nine months, so mm-hmm. it was a long time. I don't know. This, the short blurb makes me think of that. But no, that was sounds pretty serious. Yeah. I, I think it kind of gave Tesla hope and something to look forward to, which is what his father wanted, and so that's how he could get better. Mm. So kind of just rewinding a little bit, and to give kind of a little backstory to the time, college was not common back then except among the elite upper class, and even then it was not common and only men went. So for Tesla to go was huge. Again, being raised on his farm, his dad was a minister, his mom ran the farm. They didn't come from much. Mm-hmm. So, like, all, like pretty much a rags-to-riches situation with that, if it worked out, which kind of, and then it didn't. But still, it's just, like, very unlikely situation, but it just somehow happened. Yeah, like, they, they I, I'm not going to say rigs to riches because it didn't really work out like that, but they were able to get Tesla to attend college, which was above the means of the family at the time. So, to kind of rewind a bit, the exact schooling Nikola completed was primary school, followed by middle school, and then in 1870, Tesla moved to Karlovac and attended high school at the Higher Real Gymnasium, where the classes were held in German as it was usual throughout schools within the Austro-Hungarian military frontier. Tesla wrote that he became interested in demonstrations of electricity by his physics professor there, and he wanted to know more about it. Tesla was able to perform integral calculus in his head, which prompted his teachers to believe that he was cheating. Though, I mean, we can talk about this next week, but if you're mad, integrals were relaxing in Calc 2 and Calc 3. And, like, I liked Calc 3, but not Calc 2. And, um... Nobody likes Calc 2. No. What were your thoughts on calculus, John John? Well, Calc 3 was interesting because it was different. But, like, still building on essentially what was in Calc 1. And Calc 2 was just difficult. Like, that was was what Calc 2 was. It was just difficult. Yeah, I kind of put Calc 2, like, to... I can't remember if it was geometry or trigonometry. The one where you had to do all the proofs and everything. That's usually geometry. So, like, I kind of attribute at least some of that to there. I just didn't like... um, Whatever the unit was before Taylor series, I was fine mm. with Taylor series, but everything before that was a little rough. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like they put too much in one class yeah. with that. Like they really rush you through it. But Calc three was like, it was hard, but it was interesting at the same time. Yeah, I liked Calc three partially. I'm gonna go on a little tangent. Um, my professor, Doctor Boyles. He looked like a hippie Santa Claus, and he was the most interesting and, like, 
caring, I guess, professor that we had in the GE department, he allowed us to use calculator and have a note sheet because like his philosophy was you're going to have a computer at your job. I want to give you like the real life applications of this stuff. And he did like his problems are really hard, but you were able to take notes and like have a general follow through. You were able to complete them. And I mean, in all honesty, I liked his philosophy the best because you're always going to have a computer at your hand now. Like there's no reason mm. why you shouldn't. That would have been nice in my count three. Yeah. But okay. That's but fair. He was tenured. The other teachers hated that he did that. But honestly, his tests were, and homework problems were way harder. But I learned the most from his class. Excellent. That, that is how it should be. Yeah. So Nikola Tesla finished a four-year term in three years, graduating in 1813. And in 1874, Tesla evaded the conscription into the Austro-Hungarian army in Simlagen by his father convincing him to take a year of outdoor activity by going away to the southeast of Laka to Tomengaji near Grarak. Again, I apologize, I butchered those, but I tried. Uh, there he explored mountains wearing a hunter's garb. Tesla said that this contact with nature made him stronger, both physically and mentally. He read many books in Tumanji and later said that Mark Twain's work had helped him to miraculous, miraculously recover from his earlier illness. Mm. Helping him out before they were friends. Yep. So nice. In 1875, Tesla enrolled in the Imperial Royal Technical College in Graz on the Military Frontier Scholarship. During his first year, Tesla never missed a lecture, earned the highest grades possible, and passed nine exams, nearly twice as many as required. He started a Syrup Cultural Club and even received a letter of commendation from the Dean of the Technical faculty to his father which stated your son is a star of first rank at graz tesla was fascinated by detailed lectures on electricity presented by professor jacob poskushi or poshki tesla claimed during this time he worked from 3 a.m to 11 p.m no sundays or holidays expected accepted he received honors and praise from his professors and the dean and he was mortified when his father made light of those honors and comments after his father's death in 1879 tesla found a package of letters from his professors to his father warning him that unless he were to were unless tesla were to be removed from the school tesla would die through being overworked so this was his father's kind of mean attempt trying to protect him so like he over Tesla was overworking himself, basically working himself mm-hmm. to death and his professors saw that. And they were asking his father to pull him out so he wouldn't. Yeah, cuz then his dad just never did. His dad never did and tried to discourage Tesla from going. So like Tesla would drop out on his own accord, but he didn't. Oh, okay. So in December of 1878 Tesla left Gratz and severed all relations with his family to hide from the fact that he dropped out of college. This was the time that he was uh, counting cards and everything and gambling. His friends thought that he had drowned in the nearby Murr River. So Tesla just liked to swim in rivers, which was kind of known, and he had almost drowned in them several times. So this wasn't out of the fact of like possibility that it happened. It's a weird thing these days. 
For sure. Just like, what do you do for fun? Oh, I swim in rivers. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, he, I mean, he was a strong swimmer. I think it was like him being athletic, I guess. And just sort of like one of those like swimming treadmill type things where he's just like, instead of swimming laps across the lake, he was just swimming straight with a river maybe. So like a cardio workout or something? Yeah, to have more resistance or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. So Cool, though. Yeah. But in 1879, so a year after he left, his father came to Marabor to beg his son to return home. He had found out that he was still where he was. But Nikola Tesla refused and suffered a nervous breakdown around that time. On March 24th, 1879, Tesla was returned to Gospic under police guard for not having a residence permit. So I believe he kind of needed like a passport for this area because the, the empire was breaking down at the time, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right before World War One. Yeah. And yeah, there wasn't exactly like very, there wasn't like an EU making sure everybody could be anywhere in in Europe, so that probably was more like he had either expired papers or just couldn't have them. So they had to send him back home. Yep. So it was kind of a good thing, too, because a month later on April 17th, his father died at the age of 60 after contracting an unspecified illness. They believe now at this time that he died of of a stroke. During that year, Tesla taught a large class of students in his old school in Gospic, and in January 1882, Tesla's uncles put enough money together to help him leave Gospic for Prague, where he was going to study. Though he arrived a little too late to enroll in the Charles Ferdinand University, and he had never studied Greek, which was a required subject, and he was illiterate in Czech, another required subject. So Tesla audited his courses and attended lectures in philosophy at the university, again, as an auditor, but he did not receive grades for any of these courses. In 1881, Tesla moved to Budapest, Hungary, to work under Tuvidar Puskas at a telegraph company. The Budapest Telephone Exchange, um, upon arrival, Tesla realized that the company then under construction was not functional, so he worked as a draftsman in the Central Telegraph Office instead. A few m- months later, the Budapest Telephone Exchange did become functional, and Tesla was allocated the chief electrician position. So basically, he moved back to the old company. Nice. Yeah. So during his employment, Tesla made many improvements to the central station and equipped and claimed to have perfected the telephone repeater and amplifier, which was never patented nor publicly described. So Tesla just needs to get on these patents. So you're saying that he essentially made the perfect phone for the time and just just like, eh, that's good enough. Like he improved upon it, but he didn't have any royalties paid to him for his invention. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, again, this goes into one of his many undocumented inventions. In 1882, Tizapfar Puskas got Tesla another job in Paris with the Continental Edison Company. Tesla began working in what was then a brand new industry, installing indoor incandescent lighting citywide in the form of electric power utility. So, 
basically like giving people's houses electricity. But he was working for Edison? In Paris at the time. <gasps> Under the Edison Company. Well, well, we'll get to it here in a minute. <laughs> you're, you're just jumping ahead. I know, I know, but it's, it's I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. So this company had several subdivisions, and Tesla worked at the Soti Electric Edison, the division in Iris-sur-Sreen suburb of Paris, in charge of installing the lighting system. Again, I butchered their, those. I do apologize. There, he gained a great deal of practical experience in electrical engineering. Management took notice of this and his advanced knowledge in engineering and physics and soon they had him designing and building improved versions of the generating dynos and motors. They also sent him on to troubleshoot engineering problems at other Edison utilities being put built around France and Germany. So I believe this is where he got some of those patents in the other countries as well. Mm. So essentially, he started working there. They noticed he was pretty good with this kind of stuff. Had him start fi- fixing bigger problems, and then he started fixing like whole, like revamping the whole thing because he was doing so well with that stuff. Yeah, so basically Quite starting out installing electric, like electric wires and getting houses electricity, making that a lot better process, making it more efficient, then moving on to bigger, better stuff. But yeah, so essentially started from the bottom, became chief engineer. Pretty of much. the Europe division. That is awesome. Crazy, but awesome. Yeah. So in 1884, the Edison manager, Charles Batchelor, who had been overseeing the Paris installation, was brought back to the U.S. to manage the Edison Machine Works, a manufacturing division situated in New York City, and asked that Tesla be brought to the U.S. as well. In June 1884, Tesla immigrated with leftover money from his uncle's but was actually robbed on his way there. So when Tesla got there, he was basically broke with, like, no possessions. What? Yeah. Those dicks. Yeah. So Tesla began working almost immediately at the machine works on Manhattan's Lower East Side, an overcrowded shop with a workforce of several hundred machinists, laborers, managing staff, and 20 field engineers struggling with the task of building the large electric utility in that city. Like Paris, Tesla was also working on troubleshooting installations and improving generators. So I will see if I can find pictures at this time, but again, with DC current and having generators like every mile or so, there is so much wire going on and back and forth in between buildings in New York City this time. Like, you could... They, it was said that you could barely see the sky at some points. That sounds a, a bit too cluttered. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, during this time, Tesla and Thomas Edison only met a couple of times. One of those times was noted in Tesla's autobiography, where after staying up all night repairing damaged dynamos on the ocean liner SS Oregon... He ran into Bachelor and Edison, who made a quip about their person being out all night. After Tesla told them that he'd been up all night fixing the organ, Edison commented to Bachelor that this is a damn good man. 
One of the projects given to Tesla was to develop an arc lamp-based street light system. Arc lighting was the most popular type of street lighting, but it required high voltage and was incompatible with Edison low-voltage incandescent system, causing the company to lose contracts in some cities. Tesla's designs were never put into production, possibly because of the technical improvements in incandescent street lighting or because of an installation deal that Edison made with an arc lighting company. So he did invent a way to improve it. There's documents of it, but it just was never in production. Essentially, you fixed it, but you fixed it the wrong way that I wanted. No, he he fixed it, but Edison made deals with other companies to use their Mm. stuff. So, like, he he did what was asked, but it wasn't uh, exactly as Edison wanted. It wasn't good timing. It was what Mm. he wanted. It just wasn't good timing. Uh. In his autobiography, Tesla stated that the manager of the Edison Machine Works offered a $50,000 bonus to design 24 different types of standard machines, but it turned out to be a practical joke. Later versions of the story have Thomas Edison himself offering and then uh, and then going back on the deal, quipping, Tesla, you don't have an American sense of humor. The size of the bonus is either a story or has been noted as odd since Machine Works manager Bachelor was stingy with pay, and the company did not have that amount of cash, which was about equivalent to $12 million today on hand. Tesla direct... Tesla's diary contains just one comment on what happened at the end of his employment. A note scrawled across the two pages covering the 7th of December, 1884 to the 4th of January, 1885, saying goodbye to Edison Machine Works Company. Because Tesla had done this, he had invented those 24 machines and wanted that $50,000 bonus and had been jilted from it. Hmm. So putting all that work... For something that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of, again, where that autism comment comes in. Like, if he can't read social cues or whatnot. But, mm. again, you can go either also, way on this. And Edison's a dick, so. Mm. It, I feel like that might have just been, like, a tactic to get people to make more patents faster. Yep. Yep. Mm. We will... I will have strong opinions for next episode, but again, I got to keep this reined in and scientific, but okay, yeah, I, again, I have strong opinions, but, um, yeah, so Tesla had only been working at Machine Works for a total of six months when he quit, and just for, like, a thing, he made more money digging graves than he did working at Machine Works. So that $50,000 he was going to use to invent his own stuff. Because at the time, he had ideas mm-hmm. for all these inventions, but wasn't making enough to fund his own ideas. Mm-hmm. So it was good that he left when he did. Yeah. So essentially, he was doing high-end work for very low pay. Yes. And Edison mm-hmm. and the Edison company was known for not paying well. I don't like this guy. Yeah. So, with Tesla leaving the Edison company, we are going to stop there because the next episode will be the Tesla-Edison feud or the ACDC war, whatever (sighs) you want to cover. You've been thunderstruck.
<laughs> okay, fun game to play while tubing down a river, let me just tell you. Ooh. Yeah, that's, uh... Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've only done it once, but very inebriated, so I didn't do so great. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that wraps up Nikola Tesla's early life, and we are an hour into this episode at this time, so... Glad right. I broke it up. Perfect. All right. Well, is that it from us then, Adi? Well, do you have any questions or anything that we've discussed so far? I very much enjoyed that there was a list of all those crazy inventions, some of which I very much had no idea about. And, and you know what? I, I'm excited for this next one because I feel like it's going to be a very heated heated episode i will get fired up i can guarantee you that already but yeah oh my goodness i i'm excited and yeah like i mean i didn't know he worked on like x-rays and radio and everything that was news to me so like going through those inventions and like learning more about Mm -hmm. tesla this has definitely been an interesting stuff but his uh fear of pearls that that i didn't know going into this and he has a couple oddballs out there that we might get into in later episodes but all righty then yeah i think there's something about pigeons too but i'm not quite sure oh he just took care of them and loved them yeah he was a pigeon person but um yeah so we will see you guys for next week for part two of Tesla covering the Edison Tesla war. So I know I know this episode wasn't very vile or vice, but it is a setup for next week, which we will cover a lot of stuff and we'll have many warnings ahead of time because Edison was not a nice person to animals. No. So But still, we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye bye. See you. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to message us, please do so by emailing us at violinvice at gmail.com or visiting Facebook and Instagram at Violin Vice Podcast or Twitter at Violin Vice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here. Or you can give us a once-off donation using PayPal or Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. Or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.